1: Welcome to the food code. We got some good stuff for you today. And I'm excited to talk about this because a lot of people ask about this with the BMI scale, which is your body mass
0: index scale.
1: If I
0: hear another person tell me their doctor told them they were obese and they have no fat to lose. Doctors be better. (laughs) be better for us technically i'm obese actually i'm morbidly morbidly obese obese. morbidly obese so here we are your nutritional educators and we are morbidly morbidly obese. (laughs) obese. it's not funny but it's 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 very frustrating because bmi is bullshit i mean the doctors use this as a marker of your quote-unquote
1: health And the sad part is that this is used for health insurance and for Mm -hmm. life insurance Mm -hmm. and for things that people have to pay more money for because they're considered unhealthy because of this scale.
0: Yeah. And what's even worse is that the person that created the BMI scale specifically told the medical professionals not to use this as a widespread scale because he was making it for hospitals to see what they needed as far as supplies. So and he
1: was a mathematician. Yes. He was not even... And he knew nothing about the human body, guys. He was not a doctor or a health professional. His name was Lambert Adolphe Jacques Quetelet. Quetelet. He was a Belgian mathematician. <laughs> and this was over 200 years ago. We have been fighting this battle with BMI for 200 years. Can yeah. we please
0: just end it, health professionals? Yes. So why did he create the BMI scale in the first place? First to help government allocate resources to the population. Okay, It had nothing to do with how healthy, quote unquote, healthy, air quotes there, someone was. And he, as I mentioned before, requested that the formula was not to be used to measure fatness or signify someone's health status. And
1: I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb here and say that 200 years ago, we did not have similar body types people were more active in general. Mm-hmm. They had more laborious jobs. Less they processed probably food. ate less in general, just overall calories wise. So this was probably not saying it was good back then. It was probably more accurate back then than it is today, where people are more muscular in a lot of, pla- in a lot of ways. People are over consuming foods where yes, the BMI scale may be accurate in some ways, but now it is very inaccurate in other ways and it messes with people. So What is the BMI? The BMI is your body mass index, and it's an equation okay? that's talked about frequently in our medical system, in health classes, in news articles, and it measures weight in relation to height. It uses height and weight to classify people into categories as underweight, healthy, overweight, obese, or morbidly obese. All of which have a line that's arbitrarily drawn to separate the categories without any other factors taken into consideration. No muscle mass, no health markers, no lifestyle factors, literally just health and weight, or literally just height and weight. I've been doomed since I
0: was 10. (laughs) You're short. I am short. (laughs) You're muscular. I'm short. And I have always been active and, yes, muscular. And that's kind of like if you want to call it, quote unquote, like big boned or whatever. Like I think
1: that I'm supposed to be like 135 pounds. I have never been a... Do you know how much I weigh? At my leanest, like during my wedding when I was sick skinny, I was 157 pounds. Mm
0: -hmm. It wants me to be 20 pounds less than that. Which would be be unhealthy. It would be extremely uh, unhealthy. This index has it's in shown in research, it is actually contributed to people having eating disorders because they feel that they have to get down to this low weight in order to be quote unquote healthy. You know, you mentioned earlier health insurances do use this as a marker, right? For your health. Um, I do believe that they have um, started looking more at like cholesterol levels and and other things now.
1: Life insurance, at least Nick lost like 10 or 15 pounds since we got the Peloton in december because he started working on work for life insurance he's still considered overweight Wow. He, and Nick's like gotten skinny.
0: He's gotten skinny, Because yeah. he doesn't
1: lift anymore. He just Don't does like the him. endurance
0: stuff. Anybody I who know. listens to our podcast and knows Nick Chilzenkowski, <sighs> please do not tell him that we refer to him as I would say he's gotten lean.
1: He hasn't gotten skinny. He's gotten lean. Yeah. To where like he's not like muscular like he used to be when yeah. he lifted
0: a lot. I know. Which I'm
1: fine with. Obviously, like I love my husband and he's sexy. But um, yeah, he's got like, I can't imagine him getting any smaller than he is unless yeah. he got like skinny and gross skinny.
0: Yeah. Where I would not be attracted to him. But yeah, I think the lowest that I have ever, that I can remember at least that I've ever weighed was 143 and I had people like asking me if I was okay because I had lost so much weight and I think I was a size four at that time. Um, for me, I look better at like a size six, eight and my natural like sitting body weight is anywhere between like 150, 155 when I'm like mm-hmm. really dialed in. Right now I'm like 157, but last week I was 153 so it's because of my cycle. Yep. The damn period. We about the period. Yeah. Anyways, um, so moving the, on. We have some problems with BMI. And
1: I think yes. the number one problem is the emotional stress that it causes for people. Mm-hmm. And so these are legitimate things that have been said to people that have issues that are pre existing. So, for example, imagine a doctor says to someone, you drop your weight, to, you need to drop your BMI to X amount. Of points to decrease your risk for disease. And that person has been struggling with yo-yo dieting, gaining and losing the same amount of weight over and over again, trying to decrease their BNI, putting them at a higher risk for things of metabolic syndrome and insulin sensi- in- insulin resistance due to this yo-yo dieting. And they've created an eating
0: disorder because of it. hmm I'm telling, yeah. So we did some um, research prior to this podcast, obviously as always. And there is a doctor that I was listening to her video, and she's talking about how she got down into this normal range, right, this healthy range. Um, but for her, it was like stick skinny, and she was very unhealthy. She felt she was malnourished. She lost her period, like she was just way underweight for her height um, and her age and obviously other lifestyle factors. But doctors don't think about these things when you go into their office. They're simply looking at a chart and they don't look at you as a person. Like I have said this before, and I don't know if you've heard it on the podcast when I was pregnant and I had that doctor tell me you're quote unquote a bigger girl. So you should only gain 10 to 12 pounds. I almost came off of the table and walked out of the office because 10 to 12 pounds for my muscle mass would not have been enough to carry Gosh, a healthy no. baby. No. Right. She doesn't look at the person she's talking to. She looks at a chart. Right. And that's the biggest problem that I have with it because they say these off the cuff remarks. And we've had clients that come to us too and say, you know, I don't want to go back to my doctor until I lose weight because I'm afraid of Mm -hmm. getting on the scale or I'm afraid of what they're going to tell me. It ruins people's day. Well, yeah.
1: And sometimes more than that, like what if someone's recovering from anorexia mm-hmm. and they've gained weight, and now you're telling them that they've moved into the obese category and they should really start watching what they're eat, eating and start exercising? Yeah. And this person used to run themselves into the ground and under eat because they were anorexic, yeah. and now they're in a recovery place, and you're telling like, you guys, this is real, true things that happen. And sadly, it's worse. Guess what kids. else gets dictated by the BMI scale? Your ability to get surgeries. There's a lot of different surgeries out there that people get put on a list and you get a higher priority for like a new kidney or a new liver or something that someone needs Yep, and they get moved up on the list when they get into a healthier range. And I get it, guys. Like, yes, some surgeries can be very high risk if someone is Absolutely. morbidly obese. Absolutely. I get that. But if you are simply in the obese category because you're holding on to some muscle and like you're completely healthy, but you're not getting the chance to get a – transplant that you need because you're in this obese category. How horrible is this? Yeah,
0: Horrible. And they're not looking at other lifestyle factors. Like no. what if this person is a healthy human being who trains, who eats well, has quite a bit of muscle mass, but they weigh 10 pounds more than they what they need to weigh now. Now you're going to tell them, which, especially for someone who already has a lifestyle of eating right and training, it's very hard to lose the last like 10 or 20 pounds, right? Because you, this is your, your body, your balance. So Mm -hmm. this is your current state that you're coming in. This is your norm. And so you're going to have to go to some sort of extreme. Yeah. Right. And so what do you do? And then what's even worse than all of this, in my personal opinion, is that it is setting up our children to have poor relationships Mm -hmm. with food, right? They constantly see parents trying to diet or yo-yo diet, or they're being told by their doctor that your four-year-old daughter is going to end up with diabetes if you don't get her BMI down. I'm sorry, but let kids be kids, let them be active, let them enjoy some snacks. Please don't go by the BMI scale. Of course, there's a difference if your child is, you know, consuming all kinds of amounts of foods or sugar or things like that. Like we should be feeding our kids good food anyway, but it's setting our youth and our children up for poor relationships with food and what is happening in turn. Mm Mm-hmm more anorexia, more eating disorders. Oh, gosh. Right? Yeah, Yeah.
1: It's on a total rise Yeah, because of the horrible diet culture that's going on. And guess what? The CDC, which uses BMI for this measure of health, their own data shows that the BMI measures are inaccurate at determining basically everything. <laughs> you can be the exact same height and BMI as someone else and have completely different bodies. And not to mention that very same data shows that nearly half of the people classified as being obese, according to the stand- standard, are perfectly metabolically healthy. And that's because the human body is an organism and it's not a freaking
0: math equation. Yep. Preach. So what do we do, right? This is what the kind of the standard is. This is what our doctors are telling us. Like, how do we determine how healthy we are? Well, number one, you got to look at your foundational habits, right? And this is what we talk about yep. all the time in metabolic prehab. Are you getting movement in? Are you... F- fueling your body with the right amounts of nutrients and not over restricting food and eating 1200, 1300 calories, thinking that this is the only way, mm-hmm. right? If you are someone who needs to lose weight, you've got to have that foundation built first. Absolutely. You've got to be eating, you know, quality nutrients, adequate calories and getting adequate movement. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the number one thing here, but there are other ways that we can measure your health and your wellness. And so we thought that we'd talk about a couple things that you could do today to kind of look at this. Um, if you are in a gym or you, you know, have trained somewhere and they have body fat, um, scanners, you can use them. They do show about an 8% error. So they are not completely accurate. um, because the fancy scales that they have, the bioelectrical impedance, um, run a light electrical current through your body to determine the amount of fat free mass versus fat mass you have. However, electricity likes to follow the path of least resistance, which means it's likely to skip over entire parts of your body, your hydration status, your salt intake, your bowel movements, the time of day, if you've Mm -hmm. just worked out, if you've completed a strength training session or not, um, all of those things are going to kind of skew this. And so this is where I always tell people in our gym, like if you're going to measure your body fat percentage, understand this, you're tracking trends. This is not completely Mm -hmm. accurate. You also need to weigh and measure this at the same time so you can't I people, do it even like the night before what did you eat
1: right and trying to make that consistent absolutely and like, did you exercise the day before Try and every time you do these make the day before as consistent as possible heck the week before as consistent as possible because it's going to show a much a more accurate yeah. way because unfortunately like these are based on prediction models which unfortunately already have an error and then you're like multiplying errors by errors so it just it it can be vastly different day to day so like Liz said try to use a relative and try to be as consistent as possible
0: and also for females look at where you're at in your menstrual cycle right um that time of the month Probably don't want to be weighing and measuring your body fat percentage two days before you start your period and you're holding a bunch of, you know, water Uh uh, because your hormones are all over the place. So, you know, I always tell people, do it maybe every two weeks or a month if needed. I usually say a month. I I tell people there's not going to be like a huge difference in body fat percentage in a matter of a couple weeks. I mean, it depends upon what they're doing, right? And where they're starting. But you also need to make sure that you're doing it consistently, like either before your workout on Uh Saturday morning or after your workout. Like, don't be trying to just trick the numbers and do it eight different times to see what the lowest one is. And you're using this again as tracking trends. Mm -hmm. I always like to say, take pictures. That is going to be the best description of your body fat percentage. Absolutely. And I think waist to hip
1: ratios is something that doctor's offices need to start implementing. Because this is honestly, way more accurate. Mm -hmm. It's not a ton of effort. And essentially the waist to hip ratio is an excellent way of calculating how much excess weight you're carrying. So it can indicate susceptibility to a number of health issues, high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes. Um, So this is something that they're trying to, I think, some fields are trying mm-hmm. to get people to use more frequently because it's much more
0: accurate in yep. determining
1: your overall health.
0: Yep. So how do you do that? If you want to do this at home, it's very, very simple. You just take a tape measure, um, take a reading from your natural waistline. Uh, I like to do this at my, uh, just below my boobs like at my bra so usually line like your smallest part of your yeah, waist smallest yeah. part of your pa- uh, waist at your bra line essentially um and then at the widest part of your hips and then what you're going to do is divide the circumference from- of your waist by your hip measurement. Okay. Once you've done that, compare the results, um, to the chart that we're actually going to link in the show notes. Uh, but basically the ratios here is going to be what tells you if you are overweight. So for women, if you are in a normal weight range, you would be less than 80% for men, less than 90%. If you are overweight, you're going to be between 80 and 84 men, 90 to 99. Um, and then if you're obese, you're going to be above 85 and above one to yep. one ratio for
1: you can find these online too obviously guys you you can do do a calculator down you can totally find these online um but yeah this is a much better more accurate way of you know if you just came home from the doctor and you're in tears use this it's going to be a much more accurate at telling you kind of where you're at and also please i told liz this before the podcast like Ask your doctor what their BMI is. Ask them how healthy they are. Because guess what? A lot of the doctors out there are not super healthy either. So tell them not to criticize you on yours before they and, do it themselves. And
0: think about the season of life that you're into. Totally. I always want to add this here because... So many times we don't think about where are we at in the season of our life? Have we just birthed a child and then we're going back oh, in and gosh. they're telling us that you are morbidly obese? Well, no shit, doc. Thanks. I just had, you know, I just
1: created a human living months, organism yes. and an
0: additional organ in my body. But it's the worst because that is the time that most people are trying to diet and they're going in and they're seeing mm-hmm. doctors frequently. Right. And they're being told some of these unhealthy comments um, that are not helpful to you. And and again, I go back to what I said at the beginning of this. You need to make sure that you're living a healthy lifestyle. That is going to be more important than the number that you weigh on the scale or your BMI marker or even your body fat percentage. You know, I think a healthy body fat range for women is 18 to 28%. That's a pretty wide range, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to take into account a lot of other things. Your and it's age. it's going to get higher as you age. Yep. It's harder
1: to maintain muscle. It's harder to keep a low body fat percentage as you age. It just is what it is. Um, And so, again, be active, eat quality foods, nourish your body, get good sleep, keep stress minimal. I'm sure you guys are doing just fine. Ignore the stupid BMI
0: scale. (laughs) All right. Thank you for spending your time with us. We are honored to be able to help educate you and improve your life. If you've enjoyed this, please take a screenshot